Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report here on a feel-good football Friday. Your host, of course, Dave Sturgio. Chris Gucci here at Shop Studios, ready to get into another week of football. But first, obviously, uh, there's a couple people out there that want to make us eat our words, um, and they're involved in today's top movers. Now, yesterday, obviously, with uh, the Packers playing the Titans, um, again, it wasn't wasn't the greatest uh, prediction out of us that we've ever made here, uh, but it was really like a call-out of sorts. Like, you were calling them out. You said, look, man, show me something. And unfortunately, he showed you something. Yeah, you yesterday. wouldn't you wouldn't know that it was a, a a call out if you watched the social media clip that was put out there, where it was basically me calling out Traylon Burke's work ethic. I did say, hey, you know, that was me. There is a chance. There <laughs> is a me. chance that it's just him not being a practice guy, and he embarrassed me a little bit yesterday. He embarrassed the secondary a little bit yesterday, and the Titans' offense looked the best that they've looked all season. All it took was the Packers' defense to, Seven, to yes. bring that to light. Seven catches, 111 yards. Uh, the one bomb that started as soon as as soon as he caught that bomb, I, I thought of you. I was like, mm, man. Mm. As mm. soon as I, he caught that bomb, I also thought of me, and I was like, <laughs> oh man, this is going to be a tough day, a tough game, and it was. Yeah. So obviously the Packers get handled. I mean, it was just you know, it's funny. Um, Four days ago, they looked like the resurgence uh, of the Green Bay Packers, but now season looks like it's up in the air. Um, you know, will 10-7 and seven get in? That would mean they would have to win out. So there's a lot to unpack with the Packers um, with that. But, again, Traylon Burks, big time. If you hit his multiplier as well, he's up 18%. He has a three-time multiplier. So Traylon Burks looks to be somebody who's trying to make his way here as the season goes on. Um, again, this team is built around the run. Obviously, it'd be, it, you know, the layup top mover would be to talk about uh, King Henry, who had himself a decent night, not yardage-wise, but threw a touchdown, ran a touchdown. Like, he, he does a lot of stuff, um, and he had himself a nice night. I so was actually impressed with the Packers' run defense yesterday. They had to sell out completely, and it opened up a ton in the passing true. game. But they did they did a decent job stopping King Henry, all things considered a touchdown pass and the touchdown run. Mm-hmm. But he had like 74 rushes for 55 yards or something like that. So the, the totals weren't really there. We're moving on to Christian Watson now. Look, five touchdowns in two games, five touchdowns in like 90 hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this dude is balling. And, so and- six days ago, he had zero touchdowns. Today, he leads all rookie receivers in touchdown catches. Six days ago, he had zero. Today, he leads all rookies. So this dude's on the way. Go ahead. Uh, no, I had I just, to get that in there. Yeah, no, he, he looks he looks the part. Um, again, in, in a system where you have to gain some trust out of – out of Aaron Rodgers, I think he's done that. And over the last two weeks, he's made some incredible plays. The guy's fast. He's very fast. I think he's a former track guy. So, like, he's definitely a, a fast receiver in what you need. You know, Dobbs is out. Cobb returned yesterday. That was a big thing, I thought. Um, having him on the field and a little bit more of attention to be paid attention to uh, opened up Watson just a little more. Yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't really the the game that we wanted out of Randall Cobb. He had some nice plays. But really, what is Randall Cobb bringing to the table other than what he did a couple times? He's going to ca- have some first down catches he recovered a fumble and saved yeah. Aaron Jones on that one play but you know we could talk all day about the Packers offense Christian Watson right now to me obviously Aaron Jones has, has been a bright spot but the usage of Aaron Jones hasn't been really there in terms of LaFleur is not calling his number enough in my opinion but Christian Watson is the, the lone bright spot for the Packers and I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited about the kid he's six foot four as you mentioned he's a former track guy he's very fast um, if you could get, put the drops behind him a little bit which it seems like he's 
kind of done, even though he did have two in the still, Cowboys still game. Still a rookie after all. Uh, I, I'm very, very happy with the progression that I've seen some, from him so far. But as we talk about this, I hope you have the next guy is, is who we're leading to is Jordan Love. I do. Right? I, I, this is interesting. And, and there's been a lot of talk on all social media platforms on Mojo about how you should invest in a potential backup quarterback who has the ability to kind of insert himself. Now, last night, uh, Jordan Love is up. 1.6%. You're like, well, why? You know, why is that, Chris? Why is Jordan Love on the rise? Well, I don't think there's any chance that they're going to bench Aaron Rodgers right now. You could right? shut him down. But there is the thumb injury that they can, you know, wrap a nice bow around it and say, hey, we're going to let Aaron Rodgers rest. The season's kind of over at this point. I know in the NFC they're not dead, but let's be real. They would have to win six or se- uh, five of six at worst to get into the playoffs, and the Packers don't look like a team that's about to go on that type of run. So that said, you don't really want to succeed and say, hey, Aaron Rodgers is, um, is done forever, right? Because if you bench him, then there's going to be that, that friction coming in the offseason. And really, the Packers aren't really in a position where they're comfortable with Aaron Rodgers leaving or even retiring at this point. I know that people might think otherwise because of the way he's been playing, but trust me, financially, even if Aaron Rodgers retires, it's not a good spot for the Packers to be in with the offseason contract they made. So... I don't think Green Bay is interested in benching Rodgers, but that injury does loom, and there is the potential at him retiring. So all things considered, as they lose games, as the potential for the playoffs disappear, and Aaron Rodgers' thumb continues to be a problem, I see that Jordan Love is probably going to get some playing time down the stretch this year. I hope they give him some playing time down the stretch because you we like need to, to find out what we yeah, got yeah, with the you kid. Have to. If Rodgers does retire in the offseason, or if he doesn't for that matter, and he plays another full season, then... Jordan Love, they're going to have a decision to make on him. Do they want to give him the fifth-year option without ever having seen him play? That's crazy. Or do they want to run the risk of wasting that first-round pick and never having it materialize into a starting quarterback while T. Higgins is working on, um, you know, his fourth season of a thousand yards? You know, <laughs> right. like that—that that wouldn't be a good look. I understand the move, but we need to make something happen with Jordan Love one way or the other. So I think there's—it's imminent. I do, and I hate to say it, but I do think it's imminent. All right. Well, we'll see about that. All right, let's move on into week number 11, ladies and gentlemen. Outside of just last night, which started us off, we'll start with some local front games, and that is one, Jets and the Patriots. Now, this is a game that the Jets absolutely have to have. If these guys want to be considered actual contenders in the AFC, this is the game that they have to win. Um, They have to do it on the road. They have to do it against Bill Belichick, and they have to just – they have to have it. It's just one of those games where it's like – you know what the Jets are this year. Everybody's getting excited about the team. What do you have in the quarterback? Like, you have to – this is a, a, a prove-it game, a statement game for the Jets. And when I look at the teams on both sides of the ball, you know, the Jets' defense has been pretty good uh, throughout the course of the year, one of the best in the league. So I'm looking at a guy that we talked about yesterday a little bit, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, we kind of already talked about maybe shorting him. Do you see any success out of that Patriots offense right now against a Jets defense going on no, this Sunday? No, I'm looking at the the adjusted line yards for the defensive line of the New York Jets, and they're really good. They're they're, I think that they're in the top five. Maybe let me check again here. Yeah, the you know the Jets are sitting at number six adjusted line yards. Their defensive line is shutting things down, and they're getting to the quarterback at a higher rate now than they were earlier in the year. They're climbing there as well. I'm looking at this game like it's going to be a defensive battle. As we saw in the last one, I just worry a little bit about Zach Wilson going into New England because quarterbacks don't play well in New England. Even vets sometimes struggle in New England. Hmm. Zach Wilson's worst game of the season so far 
was against the Patriots just a couple weeks back. I don't know if he's gotten rid of that that um, stigma that he can't play against this team going into New England in what I expect to be a freezing cold game. You know all the weather that's hitting the East Coast this this weekend. I would imagine some of that's going to bleed over into New England, at least with some wins. I worry, man. Zach Wilson really looked terrified in that last game, and I can't imagine the Patriots' defense isn't licking their chops waiting to get their hands on Zach. Yeah, the, the Patriots' defense as well is, has been playing decent football. So you're looking at this game right now, and this could be a short fest to me. You know what I mean? This could be one where you think that the guys aren't going to get off to a good start or struggle completely. So I'm looking at a Garrett Wilson. I'm looking at the outside guys. I believe that Elijah Moore was announced this week that he's going to be playing in the slot. So they got to try something. They got to try something with this kid. So obviously he's had himself a rough year as far as targets are concerned. Again, I can't say the Jets are having a rough year at six and three. He is individually. Um, But yeah, I mean, looking at the last game, I looked at the the box score and there really wasn't much offense out of the Patriots, even though it seems like they beat the piss out of the Jets. They (laughs) kind of did, but it was really the defense and the turnovers that were the the story in that game. It really wasn't like Ramondre Stevenson had a very regular game. It wasn't Mm -hmm. anything crazy. Um, and you could probably expect to see a little bit more of that. Just a workman's-like game, and the Patriots just pounding the football. To little to no avail, but the turnovers are going to be the difference again, and that's the way I see it. So definitely short Zach in this one. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm on that as well. Uh, moving on, uh, same same city, different team. New York Giants taking their talents on the road. Are they on the road? Or are they home for this? They're home. Oh, they're home. Sorry. Yeah, because the Bills are playing in Detroit. Ah, that's right. Ah, is it? Did you see the tweet that the Detroit Lions put I out? Did. I did. Very, very clever. Uh, so anyway, the New York Giants uh, hosting the Detroit Lions, and the Lions coming off their big win against the Packers. The Giants are obviously still rolling right now, and we've talked about Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley at length. Uh, seems that all signs are pointing to an extension, or a brand new contract, rather, uh, for Saquon Barkley. So what do you do with Daniel Jones? Maybe you sign them both. I don't know. But this game in particular, to stay afloat, and now the the window has opened for a team like the Giants and the Cowboys. It depends on what they do this week. But like all of a sudden, with that Eagles loss, you're thinking, ah, maybe that division's not out of sight. You know, So they got to keep the pedal to the metal right now. The Giants are obviously playing very good football, complimentary football, both sides of the ball. Saquon Barkley just, again, 931 yards, uh, six touchdowns this year already. The the Lions, they're giving up 427 yards a game. Yeah. So this could be an absolute feast for any and all Giants skill position players. Not all of them, but you know what I mean? Like the majority of them, especially Saquon Barkley, yeah, as the Lions say, are giving up. any and all, you mean Vanilla Vic and Saquon Barkley, right? Because they're going to run all over 160 the yards a game one. as of right now, the average that I'm seeing here. I'm not sure about the adjusted stuff, but what I will say yeah, is that the no, Lions are giving I mean, up a lot the, of yards. The adjusted stuff lines up as well. Let me check right now. Adjusted line yards for the New York Giants offensive line. It's actually lower than you'd think. Well, it's actually way lower than you'd think. As you scroll. I'm yeah, like, like oh, they're, they're the scroll. 23rd, go, go, go. But it really, that just goes to show. It's like the Giants, we've looked at the metrics and the data mm-hmm. all year long, and the Giants haven't stacked up to be what they're where they're at with their record. But the bottom line is, whether it be scheduling, whether it be just timely good plays in the fourth quarter, the Giants seem to get it done, their third down efficiency, their red zone efficiency. And that's what happens when you have a team that runs the football well because you set up these third and shorts often. Mm-hmm. And their defense, it, it blitzes a lot, so it makes up for a lot of deficiencies that they might have. Uh, I don't think that there's a full-strength Lions team in this one. They've been battling injuries on and off of Mon Ross, St. Brown, concussion, ankle, elbow, whatever he's had. It's just not been a good season. While there's promise there, and, and I like the player a lot, it's just he hasn't been able to keep it together this year. Same thing with DeAndre Swift, three straight games under 10 yards rushing. I think there's some openings here 
for the Lions' run game, which there has been all season long. That's been the Giants' bugaboo if there has been one. And I think if Swift is healthy, you could see some spurts. Mm. Um, and if not, it could be a Jamal Williams day. The Lions are going to have to run the football on this one to kind of keep it close because I don't think Jared Goff is going to be able to beat the Giants. And the Giants are going to dumb this game down a lot. Saquon's going to hand the ball 25 times. The other eight, 18 plays, it's going to be Vanilla Vic <laughs> on the end around. Vanilla Vic. But that's what I think. I think the Giants kind of steamroll the, the Lions in this one. Yeah, I mean, look, the Lions are a scrappy team. Uh, they've hung with the best. Um, you know, they've beaten some of the best. Um, I can't believe I just said the Giants are going to steamroll anybody. Yeah, well, but they might. you know what's funny? I was watching this. I was at the barbershop yesterday, and I saw, you know, like in the distance, that one of the TVs had like percentages to win games, like like percentage of like chances to win the game, right? And they ran the Dallas Cowboys schedule out, and they put it like 56 or something like that, or 60, no, like 56 for the Vikings. The following week, Thanksgiving Day, the Cowboys are 79% chance of winning that game, according to all their metrics. It's like, how bad are the Giants that we're not seeing this? Or are we all just going to have egg on our faces at the end of the year when the Giants are winning the division? You know who's seeing it? The Giants are seeing it, and they're saying that's a whole lot of disrespect. But the way the Cowboys controlled the line of scrimmage in the first game, I think that's what they're basing it on. And that was with Cooper Rush. There is is certain aspects of football where – uh, you could say it's an anomaly and like any given Sunday things could happen. But when you control the line of scrimmage the way they did in that first game, I think it really it's hard to cap it any other way. Right. Dangerous back home to take on the Las Vegas Raiders, who are absolutely reeling right now. The Raiders have not looked good uh, in any way, shape or form. Uh, it's a, it's an unfortunate thing. Again, they they make the big moves throughout the offseason, get all these guys on there, spend a lot of money. And they're just not playing. And I don't know if you chalk that up to coaching. I don't know what you do here. But the Broncos are in a good spot because the Broncos have also been a very, very uh, just, just I don't know, troubled team, I guess you could say. Like, Russ isn't doing his thing. The running game took a hit with Javante being out for the year. Um, their running game now is just, you know, it's just like a committee. Um, I, be- I believe, if if anything else, I believe, what's this guy? Um, is Judy hurt again? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's it's tough sledding, but this is another game that like if you want to avoid the basement of the AFC West, you gotta have this one. And the way I see this one playing out is the fact that the Raiders are giving up 386 yards a game, most of them through the air. So will Russ cook in this one? I look for a big game out of Cortland Sutton this week. Yeah, I mean, Russ arguably had his best game of the season this year against the Raiders. A lot of points in, their, in, that in their game, first right? meeting. There was a ton of offense in that game. I mean, like when you say Russ had his best game of the season, it still wasn't the best game. He only, He's been having he only a rough had, year. He didn't even have 250 yards, but he did have two touchdowns throwing, and he didn't throw any picks, and he ran one in himself. So, you know, maybe you could see some offense out of Russ. I'm not really in the in the business of going long on Russ at this point because there's just been way too much bad for you to to bank on Russ being the guy in any given Sunday. I'm not just I'm not going that route right now. I've been hearing things that Russ is calling the wrong audibles, and he's calling old Seahawks audibles. In in game situations, and that's what some Broncos players are, is are reportedly true? saying. I don't know how true that is, but when you start hearing things like that and rumblings <laughs> of that, that's not an offense I want to be involved with. Can you imagine? In any way, shape, or form. Even though they're playing arguably the worst secondary in football. <laughs> he looks at Cortland Sutton like, DK, DK. You know, and you're like, what are you, t- I'm not DK. <laughs> it's like, wow, and, okay. um, that's as far as like what the Raiders are, are looking like offensively, there's still some, there's some hope with some of these guys because... I'm looking at it, adjusted line yards. Raiders are number one. We all know what Josh Jacobs has been like this year. Just remember the last the last Monday we came in here and we talked about the the Raiders 
after a Broncos game, and it was Josh Jacobs, 28 carries, 144 yards, two That's touchdowns. Right. It he was the Jacobs game. diced them up. I don't know where they're at right now. I don't know where the Raiders are at. Like, as a, as a team, that locker room is probably in turmoil. Uh, Josh McDaniels hasn't been able to cheat since week six of his first – his first season, did, did you, you see? Yes. I, the, what, can you explain that for a second? Just yes. because I so don't there's, understand there's what happened. I saw like a quick There's a tweet. podcast out there, and I will show you the video after the show. Um, there's a podcast out there where they were making a thing. It was former Broncos players talking about it was Brandon Marshall. Um, I forget who the other player was, a linebacker. And they were saying we were 6-0, and and we were filming the 49ers practice, and they caught us. And then they went 6-8 and that season. So, <laughs> And then if you look at his win-loss total since that game – since they were 6-0, and it's really bad. And then at the end of the podcast, they were like, we knew we weren't that good. We were cheating. The Broncos players straight up said it, Brandon Marshall and the, and the linebackers. Oh so, yes, God. Josh McDaniels, I think oh, he's going to be out boy. of a job soon. But I also read this, he might which not is make very, it very terrible, that the Raiders are cash broke. I know this has nothing to do with the market, but the coaches are coming, so maybe this does have some value. The Raiders are cash broke. And they're sending up smoke and mirrors of the fact that they they think Josh McDaniels is doing a good job this year. He's doing oh, an amazing job this year. Such coach it's speak. Like clearly the he's not. Speak. The people can see that. But the Raiders can't afford to get rid of him because they de- they dealt with the Gruden debacle. Right, right now they're in like $30 million to head coaches. If they fire another one, you don't just fire a head coach the way you terminate a contract. Like you got to pay him. Yeah. So – Tough sledding. Bet the Broncos. <laughs> it's like he's just been. Uh, it's been a rough. rough I'm not year. betting anybody in I'm this not one. Either. But I'm I, not I do. I do like Devonte, even though the the Broncos' pass defense has been elite. Uh, Devonte is just hard to contain in any situation. And Josh Jacobs will probably do his do his work as well. One of the the more exciting teams that we've been talking about, mainly because of Justin Fields' play, is the Bears as they faced uh, the Falcons this week. Now. I raise this question to you, uh, Chris, is that how much can, how much longer could this be before he's figured out? I mean, I know Justin Fields is a crazy athlete and he's, he's, he's doing wonderful things with his legs, but like what, at what point do we start scheming for this and have a spy and you know what I mean? Like it, the jig is up is what I'm saying. Like, is, is it done or is he just going to keep not, doing his thing? It's not done. It's certainly not done this week. I mean, Atlanta's defense has struggled to stop just about everybody this year. So I don't think that Justin Fields and the resurging Bears and the surging, I shouldn't even say resurging because they haven't been there for years, but the surging Bears offense, they have over 130 points over their last four games combined. Who would have thought? There is a time where I thought we might not see 130 points out of the Bears all year long. And yes, they will start scheming to stop Justin Fields. But what you've seen out of Justin Fields these last couple of weeks is he's actually starting to find receivers because I would imagine they are bringing guys up to make some stops. Uh, interesting tidbit in this game is that uh, Khalil Herbert's been put on the IR, and I think David Montgomery finally, for the first time this season, will be like the lead back, the only lead back. And we could probably see maybe 15, 20 carries going to him. But ever since Justin Fields has taken over as the lead rusher for the Bears, all Bears running backs are pretty much on short season for me. So even though there's no Khalil Herbert, I still have very little to no interest in David Montgomery. I have a little birdie who told me something about a man with the last name Ebner as the backup running back this week to take it, take a look at him this week. Since the, the Bears are a run first team. Is this Rube? No, no, this is Jay Silva. Uh, but he told me, he's like, look, you, you got you to gotta go take a look at this because Montgomery's just returning to practice. You know what I mean? Like just this week. Now, so it's tell like- your buddy, tell the birdie, <laughs> Jay, that um, if you want to take a look at him, that's fine. But I just don't. You, th- you, I, you know how the market works, though. You know how it I works. Do, like, if I he, do. He, this guy can jump. Uh, fair. 
big now, if he has an 80-yard game. Fair. And because if he, there's no expectations, I would right. imagine if he doesn't play, there's not going to be too much risk there. Mm-hmm. Just but saying. Just a little, little birdie. <laughs> for the same reason that I just said, because Justin Fields is now like the clear-cut lead rusher, yeah. running backs on those types of offenses tend to not be really that good. They're definitely going to get vultured at the goal line because the quarterback is the more sure bet to punch it in. Mm-hmm. But if there's somebody, I mean, look at Cole Komet. That's the guy that's been reaping the benefits of the Claypool edition and Justin Fields' newfound. Uh, I mean, I really shouldn't even call it Justin Fields' newfound. He's always had this. I think the confidence is kicked a little but bit, But it's too. also the Bears coaching staff is now designing runs where, for whatever reason, they haven't really done so earlier in his career. Now there's about 8 to 10 per game. So what that does is it means, like, okay, the defense is no. This guy is going to be running. It's not about a scramble at this point. He's going to be running the football, so they have to respect it. So Cole Komet, I mean – all formats, keeper, dynasty, fantasy. I think Cole Komet is a very low bot. I mean, he's getting up there, and people might start respecting him a little bit more. But mm. he's a he was a free agent last week, and I just added him in a dynasty league. <laughs> and I'm struggling at the tight end spot. I had Dawson Knox, who just bailed on the season. Yeah, he busted. Um, but yeah, I mean, flip side, flip real side. quick. Yeah, flip side, real quick. I mean, look, we haven't seen. <laughs> we've waited and waited and waited for the Kyle Pitts <laughs> breakout party, and I know this. He's had a better back half so far of, of 10 weeks the last five have been a little better as far as target share and as far as you know what he's looked like on the field but when you look at the Bears defense who give up 142 on the ground per game is this a big game for like a Corderell Patterson or anybody that's involved in that rushing attack for the yeah Falcons? the Atlanta Falcons third and adjusted line yards and they're the they maybe the Browns are the most running consistent football team in the NFL the Falcons are coming up second in that regard they're going to run the football and there's no secret about that. But we have seen. Did Drake London kind of came on a little bit last week? He had a touchdown. Uh, I think a second-half surge out of Drake London is possible because of their ability to run the football, open things up. And now he's starting to come into his own. He's still a rookie, so not everybody's going to light it up right out of the gate. And I think you're going to start to see him get more involved. Just like you saw Traylon Burks get involved yesterday, we're starting to see Christian Watson get involved. Getting a little more seasoning and understanding the offense is important, and I think – we're starting to see that at a Drake London. Kyle Pitts, I'm not sure what's going on. Early in the season, it was about the usage, and they just weren't putting him on the field enough. And you wonder about that because the talent is supposed to be all-world and the most elite talent, talented tight end prospect ever, and I just don't see it anymore. Show me. yeah, I, I see it, but for whatever reason, it has not translated to success on the football field. Long-term, I think Kyle Pitts is the dude. Obviously, but yeah. second season, he's definitely on a on a downward spiral. And I know I don't want to bring fantasy football into this again, but just for relatability purposes, he was drafted in like the second, third round in most leagues this year, and he's only averaging eight points a game in fantasy. That's, that's just that's, that's one of the of biggest bust picks in fantasy. And the Mojo market, I'm imagining, responded accordingly. And he's no, probably they have shot down this season. They so absolutely far. But, have. But Kyle Pitts is a buy low guy if you think about him long term, just not for this game. Yeah. All right, a game that got flexed into Sunday night for whatever reason. I mean, it's like it, almost like it was enough of seeing uh, the Broncos right in prime time. I'm like, I'm over seeing Justin Herbert. It's a vanilla offense, but this this week in particular, he might be getting Keenan Allen back. He might be getting Mike Williams back. So maybe now is the time we see the real Chargers stand up. And uh, Eckler's been, a, you know, obviously he's a stud. Justin Herbert is one of your first investments on the Mojo market, so it's like one of those things where he's been playing, obviously, as good as he's playing, 2,400 yards, 14 touchdowns, six picks. They've quietly been an okay team, but it's just I felt like it's just been very vanilla when he doesn't have the outside help throwing the ball around. 
income a Chiefs team uh, into L.A. And again, the Chiefs are banged up. Uh, they just put Miko Hardman on the IR uh, for an abdomen issue. Don't really understand what that was all about. Um, obviously, Juju Smith-Schuster has got the concussion. If he doesn't practice today, he's going to be ruled out. Uh, I think uh, Vantas Scantling also got an illness this week. So the entire Chiefs pass catchers outside of Kelsey are banged up. Does that mean they finally revert back to the run? A little Pacheco action? No, no, or? no. In come Kadarius Tony. Ah, <laughs> good old Tony. Right? Good old, old I hurt myself, man. I'm not hurting. The old uh, grade two hamstring Sky Moore, strain. too. Sky Moore, Sky Moore. Look, man, this is what the Chiefs do. It's next man up. Miko Hardman gone. Okay, we saw last week what Kadarius Tony did with his stat line. That was very Miko Hardman-esque. Now Juju's probably not going to play. I think we might get to see like a 15 targets toward Kadarius Tony in this game. If that's the case, just We're going to find out. out if he's a gadget guy or he's an actual look receiver. Out. I think he's an actual receiver, and he could be a gadget guy, which is perfect fit for this offense. And, uh, yeah, Sky Moore, speaking of gadget guy, good luck trying to figure things out with the Chiefs and what they're going to do. The Chargers' defense has not been really that good. They have not. Um, 372. But can I say this? Yards the Chargers' defense, they're really, their biggest weakness has been stopping the run, specifically over the last month or so. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been completely absent from the Chiefs offense. Goodbye. But I will say at an extreme buy low still, he's had multiple big weeks in terms of the mojo market, but it hasn't really translated to stats and counting stats in football games. But Isaiah Pacheco might be a good play in this one because he got involved a lot more last week, and they've been talking like he's the starter. And I know that doesn't really mean much in Kansas City because the involvement in the running game is few and far between. Mm -hmm. So... I'm definitely interested in investing a little bit in Pacheco for this game because it's a, a good opportunity for them to showcase him a little bit on the national stage. I'm definitely involved with Kadarius Tony. Um, I'm buying in all his football cards. I'm doing all that right now because I think there's potential for him in the playoffs to really explode. Kadarius Tony, like the talent is there. We saw a little bit. He had 25 games with the Giants, zero touchdowns. 25 plays with the Chiefs, one. So if that trend continues... I expect to see Kadarius Tony lighting up the scoreboard. So would you say you're in on Kadarius Tony? I'm definitely in on Kadarius <laughs> Tony. Now, on the flip side of things, Justin Herbert has been getting a little bit of flack this year, and rightfully so, because the Chargers offense hasn't necessarily lived up to the billing in terms of what they were expected to be this season so far. Well, I say they're five and four. Last week they were five and three going into the game. And that's when I kind of had to look at things and say, hey, this this offense is still a top five passing offense. And then when you look at the injuries that they've dealt with, that's a testament to one guy and one guy only. I mean, also the five guys that are protecting them. They have the best pass protection in the NFL, which is really? not even close. They've only going into last week, they only allowed ten sacks on the season. And this is this is a big time to do that considering how banged up and it's, Justin Herbert is. It's a little weird to me and this is a common thing on both defense and offensive lines where you have a team, the Chargers, they cannot run block for anything but they're the best pass blocking team in football, which means that they're probably undersized and they have good athletic guys. All that said, um you have a real you have a real like conundrum when you face the Chiefs. Because you really don't want to get caught in the let-me-play-catch-up game. And I know that their guys are banged up on offense, but it's still Pat Mahomes. It's still Kelsey. The offensive yeah, the line's day, healthy. Yeah. All those things are still good. So you have, this, you have this conundrum. You have to either decide, are we going to try and run the football against this team and, and try and keep that offense off the field? When you're the Chargers, that's really not that easy because Eckler's averaging like one yard a carry this year. It's not really working for them running the football. And the receivers, you you want to you get into a shootout and just say, hey, let's just light it up and see if we can keep up with these guys. 
That's not the easiest thing to do either. Um, I think it's actually beneficial to the Chiefs to go into L.A. That's like the easiest stadium to play in. The Chargers have barely any fans there. Mm. There'll probably be a sea of red. Uh, I just don't see how the Chiefs... Chiefs on the road, I wonder what they're looking like against the spread on the road, but we're not picking the game here. I like all the Chiefs offensive players that I talked about. I'm interested in the Pacheco thing, especially the Tony thing. You've definitely swayed me on that. And I definitely Um, don't really have much interest in any Chargers in terms of the one-game plays because the receivers, we don't know who's going to play. If they both play, then you could pretty much get rid of Palmer and uh, the other receiver. I know you're talking about. Jackson? No, something else. God yeah, it's a, anyway, <laughs> yes, we don't know who's going to play. So if the two starters are out, the main guys are out, then we can maybe see a little bit of a, an uptick for the other ones. But because of their their uncertainty surrounding them, and if they go and then they can't go after one quarter, I'm just out on that altogether. I'm not in on Herbert unless his receivers are playing. We don't know about that. So all signs are pointing that they will. So they've practiced all week. Everybody's back. This could be yeah, the first but time being since like week one. And, and playing and and being good to go and being able to really you know go full steam ahead against this Chiefs defense is what I'm really worried about. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, week 11 is here. It's time to really uh, buckle down on your market and make sure to start doing that by following us on social media. That's at Mojo on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And of course, join the Discord right now. Uh, The conversation just keeps on going. Uh, You could definitely check out mojo.com for all the blogs and the insight there. There's a lot of cool things that I was actually all over the website yesterday looking at articles and not only that, but just like just different nuances. And I still like to brush up on like how is this all scored? How does how do these guys make money? What are we doing here? So if you want education on it, head on over to mojo.com. So with that, for Dave Sturchio. Chris Gucci, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. Enjoy the football on Sunday. We'll be back here to put a bow on week number 11 on Monday morning. Take care, everybody.